Hello, everybody. It's another fresh, fresh afternoon in the best little city in America. Feels good, doesn't it? These are the days when you know you're alive, when the cold cuts through you and awakens the survival instincts made dormant by the easy living and easy living of the previous six months. These are the days when you discover nerve endings you forgot you had, when you pull your head as far into your shoulders as you can, like some sort of tundra banished turtle. Yes, the temperatures are dropping throughout the evening, and uh, tomorrow looks like it's going to start out very, very chilly, but that's okay. That's, that's just who we are. Uber producer Dan Peters is here, keeping us up to date on the latest in news and weather. Dan and I are your hosts here for the next couple of hours of lively conversation on news, politics, music, sports. We've even got a little bit of a, we've got a protest to talk about, a protest coming up later. Speaking of winter, though, what an amazing evening it was last night. I had the opportunity to ride for about an hour. I had some meetings and such after the uh, show here and on home, and it was just beautiful out. I mean, the, the just past full moon was still glowing brightly. There was no wind. It wasn't too terribly cold yet. And there's just something about a still winter night like that that can just take your breath away. It's, it's easy to get so caught up in our routines, resign ourselves to huddling indoors until the tulips return. I hope you can fight through those urges and get outside when it's bearable, even just to walk around the block or what have you. Be tough. We're tough people. I was fortunate enough to run into a friend, uh, Pastor Jason, who was also out making the rounds on his bike last night. And we just kind of ran into each other off on the west side. We rode the bike trail traveling through the city at night, just chatting about life and challenges and how we've both changed over the years. It was personal and philosophical and kind of spiritual at times. Uh, Jason is just a born conversationalist, so the talk came easy, backed by the snow crunching beneath the fat tires of our bicycles. When it came time to split up and go our separate ways, we said quick goodbyes without slowing because that's what you do, you know, you just go your separate ways. It was enlightening, and I wanted it to continue. I wanted to just keep going because it was so beautiful out. But then I realized I'll see Jason out there again real soon. There'll be other nights. Other nights of sort of enlightenment and spiritual reawakening under the big moon of winter. So thanks, Jason. Thanks for that lovely evening last night. We've got a great show for you today. Our guests include disgruntled former city commissioner Matt Staub. He will be in studio to discuss, you know, all the things we discuss with Matt, local and national politics, uh, probably some music, gravel roads, maintenance, fishing, high-end dog foods, produce, that sort of thing. That's the kind of stuff we get into here with Matt. Scott Hudson will be in for Weird Friends uh, for music and pop pop culture and such. Uh, Will Howes is a Lincoln High School student, and he is organizing aforementioned protest against the repeal of net neutrality. So we'll get the insight on, on what Mr. Howes is doing and why he wants to walk the streets to uh, stand up for net neutrality. And I will have a P&L statement, as always, just after the break. Today's topic is teacher pay. You're going to want to stay with us. And if you don't already have the KSOO app and you need to listen on the move, go get the new app. It's easy to listen live to the show here and uh, get up to date on the latest news, get notifications, that sort of thing. Also, Facebook Live, we're always there and uh, it's fun and uh, 
You can look behind the curtain here at the Patrick Lally Show, and you can always stream live on KSO.com. Thanks for being here. We appreciate it, and we'll hopefully we'll make good use of your time for the next couple hours. This is the Patrick Lally Show on Information 1000 KSOO. This is the Patrick Lally Show on Information 1000 KSOO. And we will try and get a little closer to free today in the PL statement. It's that time of the day. We're looking through the news and uh, obviously a lot going on today, locally and nationally and internationally. Um, of course, the uh, President Trump was uh, making the uh, policy change on the uh, capital of Israel and our, our consulate, uh, our embassy moving to Jerusalem. Uh, it's not entirely clear to me if that's going to make a big difference or not. I've heard a lot of uh, uh, Middle East experts saying that it's going to disrupt the peace process, uh, but the president says that it's uh, just uh, affirming what is already reality. Um, you know, I don't, I don't know that it's going to help much, but he promised he was going to do it, and so he did it. And so we'll see if that has any effect on the Middle East situation between the Palestinians and the Israelis. You heard about that at the top of the news. Um, also last night, the city council, as expected, passed the, uh, bond and the agreement to build a new parking ramp in, in partnership with legacy development and a hotel on top of that. It was pretty exciting by all indications. Pat Starr abstained, um, and had to leave the room, uh, because you can't abstain and sit in your chair apparently. So that was interesting. And, uh, but it went through as we expect. And, and we'll see now if uh, some of the predictions will come true in terms of how the finances work and some of the cautionary flags were raised, but it's moving forward. Uh, stupid man update for the day. Al Franken is done. All right. He's making an announcement tomorrow on his future in the Senate, but clearly the dam has broken. All right. This morning in terms of support from the caucus, lots of senators in the democratic caucus, coming out asking him to resign, saying he should resign. Um, this is clearly the correct move, both practically and politically. There are just too many allegations at this point. It's drip, drip, drip. And it's hard to believe it's an isolated incident of bad behavior uh, because uh, there need to be standards. All right. We talked yesterday about how the, there really are no ethics in politics, that ultimately all that matters is whether you can get the votes or not, which brings us to Roy Moore, the, the still in the pantheon of stupid men. Uh, will he get the votes in Alabama on the 12th? That's quickly approaching. And what if he does? You know, we know there are no ethics in politics. It's the ultimate power of the marketplace. But what does it really say about us if he does? I don't think there's any reason to believe that the allegations against Moore in the broad strokes are true. But it's politics and it's power and it's greed. These are the fundamental human motivations and urges. But here's the philosophical conundrum with Moore and Franken and the president and the rest of them. The interlocking fiber of our civilized society is that we ask members of that society to resist fundamental urges for the sake of order. We create boundaries. We put them in words. We call them laws. Yet there are other urges that we cannot codify. There is no penalty in these cases other than public scorn. We call these ethics and we call these moral standards. They are ephemeral, shifting ideals 
that are by nature unevenly applied. And we call that politics. Um, teacher pay. Okay. So yesterday, the uh, GDD, Governor Denny Dugard, uh, delivered the annual budget address. And uh, we talked yesterday a little bit with blogger Corey Heidelberg of South Dakota Free Press. He's, you know, clearly, clearly a liberal. Uh, and there's no, nothing wrong with that. Because, um, the, and the, the governor is clearly a conservative, and there's nothing wrong with that. But I've been thinking about it quite a bit since yesterday. And, you know, all the details, uh, you know, you can, you can wade through the slides from the governor if you want. But, you know, all the details are not out. But this we know. I understand that we're light on cash, okay? That revenues are down and that in these times we have to tighten up. I get that. We all went through this when the GDD became governor almost eight years ago seven years ago, in the depths of the national recession. And he cut back everything, you know, across the board to eliminate what we then called the structural deficit, the structural deficit, which all just meant that it was built in. It was baked into the system. We were spending like 5% more than we took in and spending reserves. That was a difficult time. And I believed it was the right decision at that time. I, there was... It seemed like the right thing to do. Apparently, this is another tough time in South Dakota. We can blame out-of-state online sales or the slumping ag economy or just frightened consumers. But the fact is, the money coming in comes up short of the money going out. That's not that hard to figure out. The GDD's plan is to freeze all public employee salaries for two years, essentially. On the face of it, it, you know, it's a reasonable solution. That's one of the major costs that we can control is state employees. And I, I may not agree with that fundamentally, but you can argue that it's a reasonable solution, except for one part of it. And this, I think, is key. And that's teachers and teacher pay and education funding. Because just two years ago, we started the debate a little before that, but a couple of years ago, we raised the sales tax by one half cent in a concerted and publicly supported effort to get our teachers' salaries out of the basement. We were behind North Dakota by an average of $8,000 a year. That, yeah, they were the next lowest. So we weren't just behind. We were way behind. And it was hurting our ability to hire teachers in the state of South Dakota and retain teachers in the state of South Dakota. That Blue Ribbon Task Force that you remember, they worked for months to find a solution. That solution was forwarded, modified, passed, and we all congratulated ourselves on what enlightened citizens we'd become. Under this budget plan that was released yesterday, that's all gone, okay? We're, we're locked back in. The state's portion of that raise, the uh, inflationary increases are gone, which means salaries aren't going up unless some local school district wants to do it. And Maybe they will. Yet, and this is the key point here. Okay, remember this. The tax stays. So once again, South Dakota teachers are expected to just muscle up and take the hit. And most South Dakotans, you know, they'll probably say that's fine. Because a lot of South Dakotans, and this is just the reality, thinks teachers are overpaid anyway. They thought they were overpaid before. Because in a lot of communities across our great state, teachers are middle-class citizens. 
they maybe are some of the best paid people in town. But that doesn't mean that you can just stop and expect your schools to progress. So the tax stays. As I said, a lot of people will think the salaries are fine, except they're not. It's not fine for our future, for economic development, for workforce development, for the intellectual development of the children of South Dakota. And this isn't just a uh, philosophical discussion, okay? This is a purely a practical economic scenario. Not sufficiently paying teachers means you won't consistently have good teachers. They will move to other states or leave the profession. That's just economics. We live under this illusion that in South Dakota we have these good schools. We don't. At best, we're average. At best. In general, I think the schools in the metro are pretty good. Uh, I believe that the administration here in Sioux Falls and the surrounding districts in large measure works really hard to pay competitive wages and to hire teachers. But we know before this happened that even Sioux Falls was unable to fill positions or got very few applications because the pay was so low. And any, any advantage that we have maybe because we're a bigger city drops off pretty fast as you move out. The resources in the smaller districts, through no fault of their own, with fewer and fewer students across wide expanses of land, mean the quality of the education will continue to slide. That's just economics. And that doesn't mean that there's not good teachers, because there are. And that doesn't mean that there aren't great students, because there are. But you don't judge yourself based on the extremes of the continuum. That's not how it works. At the same time, the world is moving rapidly forward. It's not just Minnesota that we have to worry about or Iowa. It's South Korea. It's India. It's China. Germany. These countries are advancing in terms of technology and rigor, meaning their next generation of workers will be more skilled. It means that their industries will be better armed to compete on the world stage. And meanwhile, back in South Dakota, we're lamenting the state of the ag economy, and that's real. The ag economy has slumped. So what do we do? Do we, do we slump with it? Do we retract with it? Do we create an atmosphere where a substandard education is okay? The greatest barometer to success in America is whether or not a kid is up to the level of reading grade-level reading by the time they're in third grade. It is the single largest predictor of success. That is only one, however. 
but it's stark. If you do not invest in education at the early years, your population will falter. You won't produce the kind of workers that are able to compete on the world stage, who are able to create products and in a technologically advanced manufacturing atmosphere, in a technically advanced electronics industry, in agriculture, in anything without that base education. And if you don't pay your teachers, if you don't say to them, we believe in you to make our state better, if you don't send that message time after time after time, you will only degrade the quality of the workers that we produce in the state of South Dakota. And we have a real problem. This is the absolute wrong thing to do at the absolute wrong time. And that's just economics. Agree or disagree with me, you can email me at patrick at kso.com. That's patrick at kso.com. Also on the Twitter, our Twitter account is at Show, and Uber producer Dan Peters is at the ready, busily pounding out tweets and uh, answering and uh, conversing whenever you have a comment. Coming up after the break, it's Scott Hudson on the Weird Friends. Uh, we got about a half an hour of net neutrality coming up. It's going to be fascinating. And Scott's going to give his opinion on that as well. This is the Patrick Lally Show on Information 1000 KSOO. 333 on the Patrick Lally Show. Information 1000 KSOO. And we're playing some replacements for you. This is The Ledge. In honor, in high honor of our next guest, Scott Hudson, he of the Weird Friends Pantheon of the Ledge Live podcast. And this has been his theme song for quite a while, so I figured I'd better finally get it up, queued up, and there you have it. Scott Hudson, finally bringing you in with your with your original theme song. That's perfect. Yeah, it's about time, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. Well, I was I I was thinking that it's just got to happen, you know. I was fiddling around trying to find better music for you, but this is the best. Yeah, it it, uh, it was in my show and everything. So, yeah, yeah, perfect. Outstanding. Uh, so, Scott. Hey, by the way, uh, not to surprise you with anything other than replacements um have you uh, uh have you been paying attention to this whole parking lot debate or do you have a horse in this fight a dog yeah, in this fight um you know i i i have mixed feelings about it um you know those lo- those those individual parking spots do seem to be the the cost of them does seem to be quite high um, I do question an 80-year lease for a million dollars on one of the best corners in, in the city. Mm-hmm. You know, that, that's awfully low. Um, so, yeah, I, I have issues. But I'm, I, I'm really bothered in recent months by how our mayor and some of the other city leaders do not like to hear from the public. Yeah, that's troubling. Yeah. 
I, I, that, that's part of the gig. I'm sorry. You're elected by us. We're your boss. You have to hear from us. Yeah, and it's gotten increasingly more testy, it seems. And, it, you know, and maybe that's just part of being in office now for eight, eight years and uh, going through a lot. I, you know, I just think that we're in the, the final days of this administration, really. I mean, there's a few, yeah. you know, six months left or whatever. And uh, it's just uh, they're, they're less and less open to uh, having the conversation. <laughs> exactly. Which, which uh, that's politics in general these days. It seems that way. It seems that way. Everybody <laughs> lives in their own echo chamber. Um, but that's not why we, we don't generally bring you on the show to talk about politics, but I thought you might have an opinion about that. So I usually do. <laughs> usually you do. Speaking of which, in the broader scheme, in the broader scheme, uh, you, I bet you have an opinion on net neutrality and the Trump administration basically repealing the Obama era regulations on the internet. I do. I do. And, and, and the weird thing about it is there are some issues that are not partisan, that are not left and right. And it, this is being turned into one, you know, and I wish that everyone would pull down their partisan pitchforks and actually pay attention to what's going on here. Because unless you're an executive for an internet provider, this is not good for you. There, there's, there's no left or right conversation you can have about it. If, you're, if you use the internet at all, the odds are your costs are going to go up and you probably aren't going to have access to all the favorite sites that you have. You know, Right now, scotthudson.blogspot.com has an equal footing with kso.com which has an equal footing with Amazon.com. Mm-hmm. That could go away. That will probably go away. And there's two ways that you're going to get screwed if this, if this does go through. First off, in addition to your, your monthly fee, you know, right now you just pay for bandwidth and speed. You don't pay for any sites. You just pay for the, for the access to the Internet. Um, but if this passes, suddenly... You know, you, you may get charged for Facebook. You may get charged for Twitter. You may get charged for net, Netflix beyond what you're already paying for Netflix. Um, that that's dangerous. I have all these tiers of costs just just for accessing certain you know simple things. There's also an element where you know peop- corporations will be able to buy exclusivity with internet providers or there are internet providers who are part of companies who are also that also own uh production houses or entertainment yeah uh, you know so uh, a a news site and a a entertainment site and a and a uh um you know a provider of internet service all bundled together well who is when you do searches or whatever um how is that going to be altered based on who you get your service from right right and, and, you know, here's a couple of examples that should scare any of the listeners right now. The parent company of another certain station in town could buy the exclusive online radio right to this area, and suddenly they won't be able to get KSO.com on the Internet. Mm-hmm. And now I did have, uh, not that long ago, uh, Dan Nelson on the program, who is the uh, uh, government affairs person with Midco, the cable firm. And they are pledging no throttling, no changes, no anything. Now, and but you know, but, but and I'm not 
I'm not saying he's a liar, right? No, either am okay. I. But um, there are the, the Comcast, for example, they, they have everything planned right now. And the thing is, as that becomes an industry standard, our local guys are going to latch onto the industry standard, regardless of what they say now. Well, even if they don't, you know, it's it, even if Midco, which provides cable to a lot of this upper Midwest region, uh, you know, and there are other ways to get internet service, but that's the best in yeah. my mind. And you could, even if they did everything that way, um, that's doesn't mean that the companies at the national level who own all these pieces won't change their policies, regardless of what Medco does. You know what I right. mean? Oh, right, right. But here, here's a very scary situation. You know, for the, for those that that are still making this a left right thing, mm-hmm. everybody's so scared of Mister Soros. Is that how you say his name? I think Soros? so. Yes, what you're if, right. What if he was to spend all of his billions on block on, on getting cable internet providers to block conservative sites? Right, he's that's, got a lot of money. That's dangerous. It is that's absolutely dangerous. so. I, yeah, I, I, you know, as we get closer and closer to this vote, I, I, I think that people need to, to, to actually look into this issue and not just blindly follow their party. I mean, and that's, that's the one thing that has killed politics in the last 20 years, blind faith yeah. to whatever the, the person, the party they voted for is always right 100% of the time. That's not the case. No, and... The thing about it is, like, I, I heard a story today on, uh, I think it was on public radio, about, you know, Fox, uh, um, the, the um, what's the parent company of Fox? Uh, oh, uh, yeah, I know what it is. I can't think of it either right now. Right. It's uh, uh, 21st century. 21st century. And it's, it's, the thing is, they're going to split up because they're saying now that they can't, they don't think they have the muscle to be able to compete on the same level as Disney and some of these other right. companies. Right. And so Disney owns ABC. Uh, and ESPN. And ESPN and all these other things. So Fox is going to split up into just the broadcast. Well, now all of a sudden they're more vulnerable than they used to be. It would seem to me. Um, and so if you're a conservative, I would think that if you're a conservative and you're a fan of, uh, more conservative broadcasters, you'd be very concerned about net neutrality because it could losing net neutrality could further consolidate all of the powers yes. that be. Yes, and it also make it harder and harder for the little guys, for the for the little quiet voices on the extreme side, you know, left and right, let alone little podcasters like me. Uh, to to it'll, it'll be tougher for us to even get. Our, our little fingerprints into the overall scheme of things. Yeah, it's frightening because and the other part of it is you really don't know what's going to happen. If anybody has says they know what's going to happen by repealing net neutrality, they're just wrong. <laughs> because I yeah. don't know. I'm not saying what I believe here. I see some dangers. I don't know that that's going to happen. Well, I do. Th- I do think that it's going to be no matter what. It's going to be used as an excuse to. Uh, Obviously, everything's about money. Yeah, right. It's a it, and and everybody's going to want their piece. Yeah, that's exactly right. Who gets that piece? That's what remains to be seen, right? Yeah. Well, I mean, I just wanted. 
as a consumer, as a person who relies on the Internet to get my voice and my opinions and my information, um, I, I want to have and I, I deserve to have an equal opportunity uh, to get my stuff out there as anybody else does. Yeah. I don't want that right taken away. It's, uh, you know, there's going to be a lot of players at the table when this finally comes down, and it could go anyway at this point. Hey, uh, Scott, did you, on, a, on another topic entirely, did you bring me a, a Hudson's Hot Pick of the Week? Yes, yes, I did. Uh, there's an indie label that I really like called Castle Face Records, mm-hmm. and it's owned by a, a gentleman by the name of John Dwyer, who's the leader of DOCs, which is a great garage rock band. Um, I pretty much like anything that this label puts out. And last week, they uh, put out the debut of a new band called Prettiest Eye. And uh, like so many bands on this label, they, they combine all kinds of different styles into to one really powerful sound. There's some punkish elements. There's some garage rock elements. There's even some psychedelia elements. But there's also... There's some old school prog rock, you know, mm-hmm. progressive rock, mm-hmm. and um, and there's this somebody plays this weird two dollar synthesizer <laughs> that kind of weaves in and out. It doesn't overtake the songs, but yeah. it just adds some weird color to it. So um, their debut record is called Pools. I really like it a lot. Prettiest Eyes. Yes, sounds good. Uh, Scott Hudson, uh, plug the podcast one more time. Uh, Live Ledge, it's on Real Punk Radio on Fridays, 68 p.m., and you can also find the downloads at scotthudson.blogspot.com. This Friday, I will be counting down the 20 best archive releases of this year, and next week, I will have my 40 best albums of 2017. Well, that's that's a must-listen program there. Scott, thanks for uh, taking some time for us today. Thank you. Coming up. After the break, we're going to continue our discussion about net neutrality with a young man, uh, Will House, and he is uh, protesting tomorrow. He's organizing a protest over the repeal. That's all coming up on the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000 KSOO. 348 on the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000 KSOO. And we're going to talk a little bit more about net neutrality. We just chatted with Scott Hudson, my weird friend, about his position on the issue. And now we have on the phone Will Howes. He is a Lincoln High School student, and he is organizing a protest against the repeal of net neutrality. Will, thanks for uh, taking a few minutes to talk with us today. Yeah, thanks for having me. So tell me, how did you decide that, uh, what, what, first of all, what's your position here? Are you... Your, what are your thoughts on the repeal uh, or the suggested uh, change in regulations from the Obama-era net neutrality policy that's underway? Yeah, I, uh, I am in favor of keeping the legislation that we currently have uh, in place. Um, it, from the way I see it, uh, net neutrality is, is the way that we keep uh, the Internet open and fair um, to, to everyone that that uses it, which, um, is almost everyone nowadays, you know? So it's, it's more of a, uh, like a, uh, it's okay. So the, uh, FCC chairman during the Obama 
uh, era administration mm-hmm. who originally put these uh, the legislation in place. He actually um, he quoted this. He said, uh, "Net neutrality is kind of like the free speech uh, of the internet. Um, in that it's it's kind of like guaranteeing the right uh, to equal." access to the information that the internet has to offer. Yeah, and the and so the uh, FCC at that time put in uh basically maintained uh, kind of codified what everybody what was sort of happening at the time. Uh but the argument now is that the internet has changed so much, the services that are provided, the way it works and that we need a because the 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 original regulations the modernization of the communication system was in the early nineties or mid nineties. Mm-hmm. And what we're doing now under, uh, Trump would be suggesting that this, the original 1933 regulation is what, uh, regulates this. And that's not, that's not really practicable. Do you see changes that could be made that could modernize it while at the same time, not, limiting people's access and essentially free speech? Yeah, so the way uh, that Tom Wheeler kind of set it up is he classified uh, the Internet as a utility under Title II regulations. Um, Which is the 1930s original regulation regulating utilities. Correct. And uh, uh, from what I understand, it wasn't uh, an exact like transposition of the 1930s legislation directly onto how the internet right. uh, is today. I think um, they they took those rules and then modified them slightly to um, better suit uh, what we have today, which is obviously the internet, which is of course radically different than um, phone lines back in the 30s. Um, but uh, it's that's an argument that a lot of people have: is that why are we um, having these, you know, almost 100 years old uh, rules govern how we uh, interface today because it's so different. And uh, what I, the way I kind of see it is um, if, if we let, like, the age of a document kind of define uh, its validity, then the Constitution wouldn't uh, apply, right? But because it's a document, because it can be amended, because it can be changed, um, that's why the Constitution is still applicable. That's why it's a living, breathing document. That's why it changes. Um, and that's why I think that the, the rules that we have now, um, if people are unhappy with them um, and have gripes and, and believe that it may stifle innovation or, and whatnot, um, they, they can amend what we have now. And they can, instead of completely ripping away the protections that, um, us as consumers want. I think there can uh, be found a balance between uh, the protections that we seek and um, the freedom that ISPs would like. Yeah, we're talking with Will Howes. He's a Lincoln High School student, and uh, we're talking about net neutrality. So, Will, you sent out a press release yesterday, or you sent it to me anyway, um, saying that you want to have, you're going to have essentially a protest. Uh, to bring attention to this issue. Um, wh- why, why a protest? Why do you think that will be effective? Well, I am not the original idea maker of this protest. <laughs> this is something that's going on nationwide um, coming this December 7th, um, tomorrow. 
it's, uh, I believe, in every single state, there's going to be a protest, um, and there's over 600 uh, protests going on. And the idea is we're protesting the Verizon store locations because the, the head of the FCC, as it stands right now, is Ajit Pai, who used to be a lawyer for Verizon. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we are kind of, uh, I guess, everyone who, who believes in this, this movement is uh, standing up and we're saying, like, listen, uh, net neutrality is something that we strongly believe in, and taking it away entirely is not the way to go about doing this. Uh, and um, so with that, we... Uh, tomorrow we'll all be meeting outside of our respective, we being all of these people associated with uh, this team internet movement is what it's kind of called. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll be meeting outside of these Verizon stores and uh, some are set up different than others. Mine is going to last about two hours and people will just stop by and can kind of see what's going on. But where is real, it now? Which it, where It'll be on it? the, the main Verizon store on 41st. Mm-hmm. Uh, where the old Valentinos used to be, yeah. I believe. Yeah, right near Western. Yeah. So uh, you picked that store because it's a corporate store? Yeah. Um, there are some rules that the uh, when I was signing up to create this event, uh, it had to be at an official uh, retail location. It couldn't mm-hmm. be an authorized retailer. Right. So that's so, why I picked that one. So what time is the uh, event tomorrow? The protest is from 4 to 6 tomorrow, okay. um, and it'll just consist of um, some some chance people yep. can share some stories about what net neutrality means to them. Uh, I'll uh, be reading a statement that I have. Okay. Um, yeah. Well, Will House, tomorrow the protest uh, supporting net neutrality is from 4 to 6 uh, in front of the Verizon store on 41st Street. Will, thanks for being with us. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. This is the Patrick Lally Show on Information 1000 KSOO. 358 on the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000 KSOO. Coming up in the second hour of the show, for the full hour, former disgruntled former city commissioner Matt Staub will be in studio. Maybe we'll take some calls. I don't know. I haven't really run that by Uber producer Dan Peters, but it, it could happen if you want to. It could happen. Call up and yell at the disgruntled former city commissioner. It's all coming up next on the Patrick Lally Show. Information 1000 KSOO. Travel by turtles. No. 406, 407 on the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000 KSOO. If you could call it that a week ago, I never do what I'm supposed to. Yeah, I wouldn't let you get out here with little Jason Isbell, would I? No, you wouldn't. I tweeted at him today. You did. I don't know how to tweet. Yeah, I think we all know that. I got a tweet. I got like four followers on my tweet account. What's a Twitter account? Twitter account. I think I tweeted one thing once, and it's like I I don't I don't understand it. Uh, that is, of course, is the voice of uh, disgruntled former city commissioner Matt Staub, who is uh, one of the biggest Jason Isbell fans I know. Probably the biggest. I don't know who would be bigger. But yeah, well, you've seen him more than anybody I know. You know, maybe uh, what's his name over fuel? Andy. Andy House. Maybe. 
he's a huge fan. But so uh, Chris Saliza from CNN and uh, the Tony Kornheiser show tweeted out today this video. Sweet. He said, this is why he's the best guy out there right now. And so I brought that up for you. So He truly is the Dylan of 2017. This is Alabama Pines. One of his better ones. They're all great. There's one I don't like. But Which one's that? Take a guess. I don't know. Super 8. I just don't oh, like oh, it. Oh, that's right. You said that just because it's, 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 uh, just too, I don't know. it's dark. That is a dark, dark song. Yeah, but song. a lot of his songs are dark in a way. That's true. You know, I mean, Elephant, I mean, the woman's dying. I mean, let's. Yeah. That song gets in my head, though, and I can't get it out. What I can't get over is the people that cry. I've got friend, you know, female friends, and some of them you know, that in, in, in on his super fan page on Facebook, the people that cry during his shows. Oh, I know. Well, it's very emotive. He's a Jason Isbell. He's the man. Um, and we talk about that every time you're on. You're on we about do. once a month, so that's not too much Jason Isbell for anybody. It's not enough. <laughs> I don't know what it is, but it's something about... Uh, Guys our age, you know, middle-aged men. I mean, obviously women really like him too. I don't mean to make this a sexism thing, but it, it somehow like speaks to us. Correct. He says uh, what we can't. Yeah. What we're not able to say, he can say. Yeah. Even Saliza. Because you and I are emotion. in our 50s and the, the end of the tunnel isn't there, but we can see the dot of light yeah. and there's more of our life behind us than ahead of us. Yeah. And we're coming to that realization. It's like, um... I really have about 15 more years where physically I'm going to be able to do everything that I really want to do. And then after yeah. that, it's going to be like, we can do it, but we got to do it a lot, lot, lot slower. And then Isbold makes you remember all your regrets in life. Correct. And he makes, <laughs> he makes you think about everything, you yeah. know, from living to dying and everything in between. So oh, anyway. It's good stuff. It's great um, stuff. So I bring you in here because not only uh, do you yeah, why have do you? wide knowledge on some music that I like, and occasionally we talk about produce and dog food. But uh, because of politics, I bring you in because you have a unique perspective on the world of politics that I appreciate that's a little different than some of the other folks we have on here. Also, I don't have to prepare any questions. <laughs> well. <laughs> Just a series of talking points. Then my check that you write to me should be a little bigger that's since you true. have to do less work. That's true. So now I'm sort of on, I'm on cruise control for the rest of the day. Uh, Let's talk about the parking ramp thing though. Okay. So the uh, big vote last night, parking ramp, I call it the parking ramp thing, but it's a 3P public private partnership to build a mixed use facility, parking ramp, hotel, retail. This is a good deal, I think, isn't it? I'm not a big fan of taxpayers subsidizing private entities yeah. at all. I mean, from the windmills to oil export, whatever it is, if the government's writing some, the Bruins, the Bruins became multimillionaires with public subsidy dollars. <laughs> to still getting them. Correct. I mean, every, and, and it's almost every business and every uh, occupation out there, in one way or the other, is getting a check from the feds, the state, the locals. I mean, the oil companies, every farmer in America, you know, you could probably argue my business in that the state is out there developing ramps and all that stuff. Well, and they're all, stocking fish. Correct. It's all paid for by licensed dollars, um, which I collect the money for them for, me and a bunch of other people. But that's why we're never going to get anywhere on this deficit reduction because everybody's got their finger in the pie. Mm -hmm. So you just, we will never, ever slow the road of 
rate of growth in the government until it collapses, which one day it will. You and I may not be alive when it happens, but one day it'll happen. Well, that's what Steve Bannon's trying to do, right? Correct. Honestly, he's Correct. trying to lead a sort of bloodless coup from within and, and collapse the administrative and, state. And his and the, the problem with him or for him is it's 20 to 30 percent of the people that would truly say no to a government handout. I mean, I, I don't get a Social Security check. I'm not old enough. I don't get any government aid. I don't, you know, I'm paying in. I'm not getting out. It's like you could stop. The government from functioning right now, I wouldn't, I couldn't care less. I mean, well, I'm armed. I'm, I'm independent. I can get my own food. I nobody can, be going fishing. Nobody be going fishing, but you know that's all right with and me. And we say that because you are, uh, you own Northview Bait and Tackle or Bait and Dog Food, or up a North Key one is that? Yeah. So you are in, but you're small businessman. Correct. Living out in, but your life is, you have Correct. the greatest life ever. Third greatest life, yes. Even though you're disgruntled, yes. Why do you have the third greatest life? The well, great- there's two other people. There's a guy in Michigan and another guy in Florida that have a better life than Okay, I those two guys and then you. And then me. I'm third, yes. So what you're saying is that this great society that we have has provided you a bedwork, a, a bulwark, a, a, a it foundation me, it to be. Me, it has allowed me the opportunity. And so many other people. And Patrick, that goes back to what you and I were just talking about at our age. Most people do not realize how lucky and how fortunate they are. If I do, and I think you do, I kind of get that sense from you that's like, yeah, life could be a lot worse. You know, you could, you and I could be walking three miles to some crappy well where mm-hmm. the water quality is horrible, you know, with flies all over our kids. You know, we've seen the pictures on TV. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, my biggest problem is the deer are eating my gardens in the springtime and the opossums eating the cat food. I mean, pretty yeah. nice problems to have. But... I also got myself educated. I came from a working class family. I mean, yep. you and I grew up the same. We've talked about this. Yep. You know, my parents literally borrowed money from me when I was in high school. That's how broke they were. Mm-hmm. And you know, other kids did that too in, in in working families. You know, I paid for my own student loans. Um, I always had a job in college. I mean, and I've always worked. And I was smart about who I married. I didn't get anybody pregnant. You know, so sometimes the temptation was there. It's like you know. But I, you know, I chose not to. Not that I was so high and horror and and high and mighty. It's just that when you do things like that, there are consequences to your actions. And I didn't want to become a father. And yeah, so but either you're eventually, really careful. eventually, you became a father. Correct. I have two lovely children. The, but how did you go? I mean, I say every day that without the federal government, I would not have gone to college. There's no way Possibly, it would not have happened. I don't know because I did take out federal student loans. But I had some loans. Nine and a half percent back in 1980. Yeah, it was a lot more. Wow. I think one of mine was at four, but wow. they were high. And But I took them out and I paid them back. I did it too. was a great day, but I didn't have to take out nearly as much as somebody would have to today because I also got Pell Grants because I was low income. That was the government saying, look, you have this opportunity, but you have to do it. We'll open this door for you, but you have to walk through it. Correct. And college isn't for everybody. And I no. wouldn't I wouldn't do it again. I would probably go learn a trade. Plumbing. Do it, plumbing or wiring or yep. something where you gotta do work. Because well, I think that's where the future is. Yeah, but we didn't have to work. You I've never really worked a day in my life. No, not since I quit mowing lawns and working in the factory. I mean doing stuff for yourself. I mean I have roofed houses and all yeah. that for myself. And it was hard work and that I doesn't didn't, count. I work hard, but that doesn't count. I no. You know, I've never woke up in the morning and said, Oh, I just can't do this today. I've uh, been lucky. We're gonna come back in a minute and talk more with Matt Stop. We're gonna actually get him uh pin him down on this uh parking ramp deal. Oh, that's where so, we started. That's yeah, right, we started right. we didn't we came or didn't 
come back to it. So this is the Patrick Lally Show on Thanks, Information sir. 1000 KSOO. Nice, great, great song. Did you pick this or did Big Scott out? Or did no, Big Scott out? I, I, I picked this. I love Dyer. I thought you might, so I picked it out. Dire Straits, Sultan's a Swing, the classic. You're from that era. You know, but I didn't really start appreciating him until the last 15 or 20 years. Really? I mean, most of my music is now... I mean, I was a Journey, REO Speedwagon guy back then. I'm not playing any of that. And I look back at it, it's like, uh, you know, it's okay, but it's not great. Yeah. This is great. It is great. And it just withstands the test of time. Well, yeah, and it's more thinking man music than than the others that you mentioned. Well, back in those days, all I did was drink, so. Yeah. I did a lot of drinking back in that day. I'm a huge Dire Straits fan, so. I love them. Anything they do. And Mark Knopfler these days is still awesome. So So he's still out and about? Oh, yeah, still touring. Still recording. He's great. I've seen him live as solo record. We're talking with Matt Staub, by the way. He is the disgruntled former city commissioner, current township officer out there. Split Rock? Split Rock. The richest township in all of South Dakota. And largest. Yeah. I should say, we, we'll take calls. I mentioned earlier that we would take calls, and I have never gotten back to it because you just keep talking. You just start talking as soon as the mic goes on. So Isn't that what radio is about? I'm going to have to not turn on your mic right away and then come back to mine. I but, used to have a radio talk show and a million years ago. When I'd get home, my wife would say, shut the H up. Let people talk. No, I mean, it's like, well, if I don't talk, then there's dead air. So yep. anyway. Yep. So 338-KSOO, if you actually want to talk to Matt Stobb. If there's anybody out there that wants to talk like to Matt Stobb. Jenna Mack wanted to talk. Jenna Mack. How pretty she is. Oh, God. Really? I promised. Is that what you're dropping on us? I promised I I would tell her that. Because she's pretty and she does things. We're going to get in trouble just for saying that in in the modern era. You know, the nice part about my situation, talk about how lucky we are, is that I own my own business, so who's going to fire me? My wife's way too invested in me, and she makes way more money than I do, and it's all her money, so she divorces me. It's you know that old joke about if you want to get a divorce, take a picture of all your stuff and tear it in half. (laughs) She has to do it, and I get (laughs) half of it. So 338-KSOO, that's three. She's stuck. Three three eight five seven six six. If you uh, have something for disgruntled former city commissioner Matt Staub, and you might just end up turn the tide on this thing before the actual tide of all these accusations and harassment charges come around. Well, you're just going to be like the anti. It's like I got nothing to lose. <laughs> right. What are they going to do to me? <laughs> you know, and and there's things that I could say that I just can't about. That, right, so. there are there are a lot of things that you just can't say here. Correct, and, and I you, won't. And you have your list. Um, let's get back to the parking ramp thing for a second. What parking ramp? The one downtown and the parking ramp hotel combo deal. Oh, that So one. you don't like giving, uh, taxpayer money to private business. Correct. I mean, from the hotel by the, to the, by the airport at the, at Elmwood Greenhouse. Yeah. Elmwood Golf, Golf course. course. The one downtown now that we're building. We're not building the hotel. Like, yeah, but we're, what are we, not we, because I don't live in this town anymore. What's the city forking over? 40 million bucks, 20 million bucks, whatever it is? 20. What, what if Matt Staub and, and Patrick Lally say, we want to build the largest indoor bike facility ever constructed on the planet? And there's Velodrome. There's two thumbs up from Patrick Lally. Velodrome. Do you think they're going to give you and I money to p- put a parking ramp under it? No, they're not, because you and I aren't connected and we haven't, you know, given politicians checks for when they're running for office and i'm not i never used to be a conspiracy theorist but i sure have turned one in the last five years so So you'd think that just only people that are connected can get these deals 
Is that what you're saying? Duh, Patrick. Okay, duh. well, I just want to. Don't you think that? <laughs> everybody, everybody in radio, radio land right now is going, you know, Matt Stobb's an idiot, but he finally swerved into one. <laughs> well, I, clearly, Even you have to be, I mean, if you're one of these big development companies. You know everybody, yeah. You already, I mean, it doesn't. But there, it's right. an even playing field for big right. development companies, right? Yeah, for th- all three of them in town. I mean, well, we can name them all. I mean, but outside companies can come in and make bids. Yeah, good luck with that. Well, Mortensen, they're you know they're the construction and, and manager at risk. You don't think any any favors, money, checks were traded at all in any of that? I would like to know if they were. You, they'll never find them. I well, mean, favors, yeah. I mean, but that's Patrick. I was there once. I know how things work. <laughs> well, that was in the old days when it was clearly corrupt. You know, that's what I mean? why I wasn't successful because the the second or third day that I was in office, I had, and I'm sure he's dead by now, a very astute, wealthy business owner come into my office and say, "Whatever you need, just call." The implication was, "Whatever I wanted, just call," and it's like I said. Mr. R, thank you, but no, thank you. I'm good. That's why that system needed to be replaced because it was. But it doesn't it matter w- what system it is. It was Patrick. open. Well, it kind of does. This is any different than before. We you need got checks one, and balances. You have transparency. One check, maybe two, maybe two and a half on this council, and that's it. I'm just so disappointed in this city council. Why? <sighs> Patrick, look at the crap that's going on in this town. Now you're getting me like, going down the wrong <laughs> road here. <laughs> so. I'm never going to get my parking ramp built. Are you. Do you think this is a good project or not? Sure, if the private developer wanted to pay for it all himself. Well, they're paying thirty million. What is it costing? Fifty million. But that's for the parking. Give me twenty million, and I'll again we'll build that world's fanciest bike trail. Actually, it's a pretty good idea. We could put a velodrome on top of a parking ramp. Whatever velodrome is, I'm all for it as long as the city of Sioux Falls is paying for it. A banked, you know. There we go. A velodrome. I want. There's a word of the day. Velodrome. (laughs) The word of the day velodrome there we go look it up um so you are you, let me ask I, you let's turn the tables here Lally. you down. always ask the question let me ask what yeah do that do you not think that something or anything along the way has been maybe a little bit on the shady side on this project this project or any project in the city oh or this mayor i mean i here's what i'll say and i've said this on the air i think this is a good project Okay, I like this project for what it's going to do for downtown. I know I like it. Okay, there. My concerns are because it's because it's a private partner public partnership. We do need to know a little bit more about who's going to benefit, but we can't know every shareholder in legacy. I, agree. I don't have a problem with that. There's no way. But and Greg Neitzert said that, and I think he's 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 right. I also share some issues about having Mr. Holkren involved in that he was involved in the. Uh, his co- old construction company was involved in that deal, and you can't completely separate them, but he is part of Legacy, and that's going to happen. Um, do shady things happen? I think I was at the Argus Leader when Jonathan Ellis wrote the story about the mayor investing in real estate deals. Yeah. That was shady. So, okay, to the, but and there's no mechanism by which we can make sure that public officials, whoever they are, aren't profiting from development deals. We don't have the ability yeah, to find that yes, out. Yes, we do, How? but we just keep the public part out of this How? private development. And why, why is downtown so special? 
I mean, town, downtown Sioux Falls is not a withering little fragile thing anymore. It's a vibrant, wonderful place to spend time and have a business. Yeah, but we're going to have to, be, how about have to build North the ramp Kiwanis, anyway. How about North Kiwanis Avenue? Why don't we put a nice development right there? Let's build the, pal, what did you call it, palindrome? Velodrome. Velodrome. Palindrome is the thing that goes back Yeah, and that's forth, a right? word. The velodrome, why can't that be right across the street from, oh, let's say Northview Bait Shop? Because well, there's a park. There's public property right yeah, there. But Let's build a $40 million facility. That's a really good cyclocross park. And you and I will put up 85 park. bucks each. Cyclocross park there. 85 bucks. You're in, I'm in. I'm sure Dan Peters is in for 40 or 50. Yeah. And absolutely. the city can do the other 40 million. I'll go 90. 90 bucks out of Peter. I mean, you know, we probably open up the phones and I bet we could raise 500 bucks and then a week and a half. Speaking of the phones, if you want to talk to uh, disgruntled former does. city commissioner Matt Staub, 338-KSOO, 338-5766, or just generally talk about uh, the public support of private developments. So, just, okay. So I, you, uh, we're going to talk more about that after this break for the news with Mr. Dan Peters on the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000 KSOO. Make it quick, Dan. 434 on the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000 KSOO. We continue our conversation with disgruntled former city commissioner Matt Staub. You probably don't know who this is, do you? Yeah, man, this one. This is uh, Lydia Loveless. This is, uh, I had a little leftover track from an interview I did with Hudson not so long ago. I watched her when she opened up for uh, Drive-By Truckers last yeah. night. Yeah, she's really good. Well, my sister that's coming tonight, um, her, she and I went to see them. Yeah. Or yeah. whatever trivia that's worth. That's good trivia. Now, I want to. I didn't go to that show, and now I want to. I didn't see like them. I do. I just as much as I like Isbo, I don't like DBT. Uh, isn't that weird? They're coming back. You get another chance. The maybe they'll do it for you this time. Yeah, maybe. Uh, so we're talking about <laughs> local politics. We have not been able to get beyond uh, the notion of the parking ramp and whether that's a good idea. So we're just going to leave that one for a while. Okay. What do you think about the mayor's race? How's that shaping up for you? It's pretty quiet so far. So I don't know that thing much has changed since you and I talked last. But I will reiterate, and if Jolene Letcher or her people are listening, I and still, she listens, I think it's her race to lose. But she needs to be a little less structured and a little less professional or what's the word I'm looking at? Polished. Too, too polished. Way too polished. She needs to be her and she's not coming. I don't think. Do you think she's coming? She's not coming across as Jolene in her ad. She's she's coming across as Tom Daschle, you know, late in his career where, you know, everything, every hair was in place and every word was chosen and she needs to just be Jolene. Well, she's it'll been, slip out of her fingers if she. She's been. You think it's her race to lose? Why do you say that? She's a woman. Let's just call it what it is. So you think that is yes. a, a big? Huge. You think she'll make yes. the runoff for sure? I have several female friends say it's Jolene or nothing. Really? Yeah. Well, and this is a reality, okay? It now, is. A I've reality. said this on the show before. You've got, if you look at the basically the top four. Uh, and I'm, I'm, I apologize to Kenny Anderson Jr. I just don't put him in. He's not in the top four. He just isn't. He just isn't. And uh, Tenhaken, Jameson, and Eneman. Eneman, all very good candidates. Correct. And they're going to split the vote. They're all almost m- equally. They're almost. They're all middle class white guys. They're all going to come in at Republicans. Twenty seventeen percent each, which puts them at eighty, and then Jolene gets the last twenty five. I mean, it's. But then it's a runoff between Correct. Jolene and. Whoever it is, 
whoever bubbles to the top. But you don't you don't know you don't have a it's, gut feeling who that might be right now because either do I. Mo. Either do I. My early money is on Enderman. Uh, oh, that's right. You're a, you're an Enderman. There's something something that friend of mine is a big Ten Haken. Not so much a Ten Haken person, but just thinks he's going to do it. And I think Ten Haken's going to run in the same thing that I just said about Jolene. Too slick, too polished, too aloof, for lack of a better you know, mm-hmm. better word or better term. It's I think the person-to-person thing, and I think, and, and you and I were not real kind of Triple M during the break, mm-hmm. <laughs> but he came across as a common man. In Sincere. His, for, he did. He yep. ran a really, really good first campaign. I mean, he, he had, was a man of yep. the people, and I mean, Munson did that. Hanson did it before him. Mm-hmm. Um, it's important. To just, people want to be able to approach you and shake your hand. And, and I've always said, um, the way we pick our presidents, when you really boil it down to it, who would you rather have over to go out to lunch with? And that's mm-hmm. who you'll vote for president. Not everybody, I mean, but that's who generally wins. I mean, it's important. And, and, and then my best example on that is would you rather have lunch with Al Gore or George W. Bush? And both of them you'd fall asleep, but, you know, it's like, okay, I'll go with Bush. <laughs> and that's how close that was. And this. You know, and it's like Trump and Hillary. You hated them both, but I think Trump would have been much a more exciting dinner conversation. So mm. he wins. Depends on your age and gender, but if, uh, if, the, if the world's future didn't depend on it, who would you rather have spend three hours with, Donald Trump or Hillary Clinton? Donald Trump, hands down. Well, I don't know about that, but that's just, it's a factor. It's a it oh is definitely gosh. a factor. It is definitely a factor. And maybe before the election, or like be, like maybe five years ago, I would have said that. I'm now not a Donald Trump guy, so don't get me wrong. But that Hillary Clinton, I three seconds, I'd like get me out of this. Race, <laughs> so. Well, wait a minute. So let's go back to the mayor. Okay. Um, I think you're right about the likability thing. If you look at who the mayors of Sioux Falls have been for the last, pretty much likable guys, yeah, middle class likable guys, yeah. um, until Huther, Correct. who was likable. And sincere, seems sincere. For the um, first 90 days. But he's the first guy we've had in office that's been from what you would call the upper class. But but what I'm getting at is when he ran, you didn't get that no. impression. No, you didn't. And he did a good job of hiding that. Yeah, because if you looked at Munson and Hanson, you know, these are guys who lived, grew up in, grew up in, poor. in common Correct. neighborhoods, lived in working class yep. neighborhoods. Yep. Even uh, if you go back to, you have to go back to like Jack White to find somebody who didn't have that kind of correct notion about them. Well, let's correct the record. Huther also did grow up in a very in Yankton, blue yep. collar. Yep. Very, Absolutely. That he wasn't he wasn't a, a silver spooner growing up. No, and he right. could draw and he did draw on that. And, and he, that was important. And he like I said, he did a very good job of portraying himself that way for that first election. Yep. Yep. So, and you know, he did The My he, Man Mike thing. I mean, what yeah. a stroke it did. At the time I thought it was stupid. Yeah. Now I think it's one of the most brilliant Three-word three slogans that I've ever seen. I think that might have been Hildebrand. Well, I mean, Hildebrand. I or not Hildebrand, but his, it wasn't Hildebrand. It was the people working for Correct, but these people are professionals is what they do. I mean, yep. when I ran for city commissioner a million years ago, I sat down with Raleigh Samp and Gypsy Hines. Mm-hmm. And I remember, was it, uh, you know, it's Thomas Sellers on East 10th now. And Raleigh literally, and I had been in several campaigns, and I knew what I was doing. Raleigh did the light bulb idea thing and, you know, did this, all this, and he had it all. It was literally was done on a napkin. And I said, I wouldn't do it that way, but you, you know more than I do. And the next thing you know, Patrick Ollie's interviewing me 
you know, for being a city commissioner. And you know, uh, Raleigh uh, was involved in behind the scenes for a long time. A lot of stuff. I would say the one case where I think he made a big mistake was trying to shine up Jay Major. Do you remember that? Um, when Jay ran I, I for was city, one of the guys trying to shine Jay too. So, well, yeah, I remember the first I don't know time that he was as involved as you think he was. Well, the first time I saw Jay in a blue blazer was I don't remember that at over at uh, Raleigh's office early on in that oh, adventure. See, and I thought, why, why, why is Jay Major wearing a blue blazer? Yeah, Jay and I have been friends literally since grade school. Yeah. Still are to this day. Yep. We have breakfast every once in a while. Yeah, we all grew up in the same neighborhood, um, but. That's the notion of politics in this city is that personal connection. Correct. Getting back to the core issue here. But that, yeah, yes, yes. But that slowly but surely will start going away as we become a bigger and bigger city, too. You think so? Don't you? Well, I, I think that that like that. It always the, has to be there, yes. Yeah, that man of the people sort of uh, persona is very important still. That's uh, what hurt. Um, 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 Bill Peterson mm-hmm. and uh, the guy that did the GOED. Well, Pat Costello. Pat Costello, that's yep. what hurt him, is they were not perceived as being common men because they weren't, mm-hmm. and they didn't portray themselves. They, you know, it's like, I'm a successful businessman and I know how to run a city. Well, you know, and I was, and I think you and I talked about this the last time here or the time before, if you boiled it down to between Barack Obama and um, Mitt Romney, who would have been a better president? I think Mitt Romney, as an administrator, would have been, a much better president because I don't think Obama knew what he was doing, still still doesn't know, whereas Romney had done a lot of stuff and done a lot of businesses, but he didn't come across right like he needed to. No, and so. again, that in that tape about the 47% just... Didn't help, did not help. Just drove that home in people's minds. Did not help. So. No, and that's a, that's a tough thing to pull off. It you is. know, he, di- he couldn't portray it sincerely. Correct. And every time he did tried to do it, he seemed awkward. Correct. That was tough. Where do you where do you see the what? mayor's race? I mean, I gave you my split between the three and still Jolene's. And we're going to talk about that when we get back from this commercial. <laughs> we will continue our conversation with Matt Staub, and uh, I I don't know we I, we've had some problems with our phones, people. So if you called, I think we've got it fixed now. So uh, Patrick's not that bright, so give him a break. Three three eight KSOO. We'll try to we'll see if we can make it can work. I say but that if on the air? I. Yeah, sure. This is the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000 KSOO. Right. 446. 446 on the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000 KSOO. Molly yeah. Hatchet. I just wanted to. Is it? It is Molly Hatchet. It is Molly Hatchet. That one's pulling out. That was pulling out half for me. It is flirting with disaster because that's usually what we're doing. On this show, by the time Matt Style comes out, and that's just kind of from our era, so I thought you'd like that one too. You Not know. a big mile hatch. No, you don't. You know, but you can go. Good times. Yeah, good times. Good times. Um, so, what do I think is going to happen in the mayor's race? I think, I think that, uh, I. I I like to think that I that what you said about Jolene is true. Not that I like to want. Not that I'm endorsing her for mayor or anything, but I think that that's true. That the that I think women are going to vote for her 
not everybody, but she's going to get some votes because she's a woman and yes. the only woman in the race, and she's well-spoken, and she knows what she's talking about. She does. She's smart. She's yep. no doubt she's smart. She's, pre- pre- she's prepared, yep, given that she, she only decided to do this six months ago. She's prepared, she's- and she does very well, and she's very active in the uh, electronic space on YouTube and all that. She's doing very well with that. It's pretty early. She could get completely overwhelmed and be only talking to a very narrow segment of the, the city. We don't know that yet. And that's not going to happen because there's so many candidates. Yeah. So. And that's the whole thing about getting into the runoff. That's all it's all about. That's now, all it is. if it's, say, if my gut is true and Jim Eneman gets in and Jolene gets in, Jim Eneman versus Jolene straight up, I, 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 I tend to think that Jim Eneman's long history and his many, 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 many connections will serve him well in that scenario. It depends on how well Jolene does south of 26th Street because she will carry the North End precincts. You think so? You don't uh, think I, oh, I Jim know. And, and you said Jim, I know Jim's from the North End, but yeah. he's not going to carry the North End because he doesn't come across as a North End guy. You know how many Harleys are in the North End? A lot, but. That's, I mean, that's kind of what, that's my gut. Now, I could be completely wrong. I could end up being, you know, Greg Jamison and Kenny Anderson. You it know? could be, yeah. I doubt it. Um, I, with Ten Haken, I think he's done. He also answers the questions very well. He is very well studied. He's been on this show, and he was he was impressive. Um, he also knows what he's talking about. He does have good uh, sort of leadership qualities. Um, I my thing with Paul is that he's been working in a fair, fairly narrow bandwidth yep. of the community, yep. and that's not his fault. That's not a hack. Right. But he doesn't have that generation of connections that a Jim Eneman has. Correct. That's that that's the difference, difference. I say. It still makes a difference in Sioux Falls to yep. have that reach back to the to the past. I yeah. think him running for mayor is going to do serve him very well. Yeah. In whatever he wants to do, unless he screws up, which I don't see him doing. So no, no, and I, he's running. A, I think a good campaign. Yeah. I, you know, obviously he's attractive to uh, a certain segment of the population, and and we'll see how big that is. You know, but I kind of wonder about the Teresa Staley factor because she was the at-large candidate who ended mm-hmm. up that common person yep. who ended up winning that seat. And how much of an influence is it going to be for the people who supported her to say, we don't want another continuation of what's going on now at City Hall? That could very well be. And I think that Teresa and uh, Scott Erisman, who is allied with her at some degree, and, and Bruce Danielson have... St- I don't know that they've endorsed Greg Jamison, but they, I think, are in that. I think Greg is trying to appeal to that camp because he, I think he has learned over his time in city hall and city government, much like you did, that there needs to be some openness and some reform, for lack of a better term. And I think that they're gravitating towards him. Now, the degree to which that can make a difference, they work hard. Teresa works hard. The disciples of Kermit, the DOK, they work hard. They they learn the lesson of Kermit Staggers, which is work, 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 talk, talk, talk. The degree to which Greg can pull that off, I don't know. I don't know. Also has a lot of connections. Very well connected. You don't give him a chance? What do you think? Oh, no, I agree with what you say, but I'm, I'm, I'm trying to pin that into Eneman and, and whoever runs against him, whether it be Jolene or whoever in the runoff, if they make, you know, run the assumption that Eneman makes the runoff, 
I think it'll be fairly easy to paint Eneman into a corner of forcing him to defend Huther and, and the all event that. center. Yeah, all that. You know, but but you know, there's a downside to that for the you know the, that side of trying to do that to Eneman is that that's a third of the vote that will support that would go back to Huther right now, maybe even forty percent, mm-hmm. because there are a lot of people that like it that the event center got built and they want this. Mm-hmm. $40 billion monstrosity downtown built and that we're throwing money and throwing at this and throwing money at that. There are a lot of people out there, Patrick, who love it when government throws money at stuff. And that's what this mayor has done is throwing money at stuff. It's And so the degree to which Eneman can tap into that without getting tarnished Correct. with some of the personality of Mike Huther, because right. they are different kinds of people. Certainly. They are. Oh, yeah, very different. But... You have to admit, Eneman pretty much was lockstep with Huther. Most of the time. Yeah. Well, and he led the charge on the event center. Yeah. That's his baby. And, you know, as you say, the event center, the, the Denny, is very popular. The, it the, is. The, the siding thing notwithstanding. Correct. But but you go back to that the vote on the Denny thing. If you pull out all the first-time voters and maybe even people that vote every four or five years, that thing probably didn't win. You know, they did... They did a tremendously effective job of getting their people out to vote. I mean, every dime they spent just about was just identifying, get them into the polls. That's politics, That's right? exactly what that is. I, I, I did that in my stupid township election. <laughs> identified my voters and got them to vote. I remember a conversation that you and I had when you did run for county commission, which is a long time ago, about just that. You, there's, this is, these are the people who vote. Find them and work them. That's and only get them people to the we contact. We didn't, I didn't fool right. people that weren't going to vote. My father used to own a bar here in town. He always asked, why don't you come to my bar and talk to the people there? I said, because those people are in the bar drinking. They're not going to go vote, so it's a waste <laughs> of my time. And he took great offense to that. And yeah. it's like, Dad, sorry, none of these people vote. First of all, I knew who they were because they're friends of my dad's and acquaintances of my dad. Mm-hmm. And I had the voter registration rolls in front of me. And it's like, um, he last voted in 1938. <laughs> so I don't think he's going to get off the bar stool and go vote. And do you think that that still is a very powerful tool in local politics? It remains it's, a core of any campaign. It's in every, from local to national. It's how Trump won. Yeah. That's how do you think Trump won Michigan, Pennsylvania, precinct and level. Wisconsin? Take it down at the to the precinct level. Yep. It's organization. You, you can boil it down to, we can go down to it. it, it I read a, very in-depth article about, you know, I don't mean to get off on Trump, but basically when he came out very pro-choice, it swayed all those Catholics. And those, there's a Catholic belt going through Pennsylvania, mm-hmm. Michigan, and Wisconsin Absolutely. that people don't really realize is there. And it flipped them from yeah. Hillary to him. Uh, Matt Staub, disgruntled former city commissioner, thanks for coming on. It's, it's always a joy, Patrick. It is fun, and uh, I appreciate you being here. And next time we're going to take phone calls. Uh, <laughs> if you can figure it out. <laughs> coming up after the break, we're going to finish this up. No more Matt Staub. This is the Patrick Lally Show on Information 1000 KSOO. <laughs> 457 on the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000 KSOO. And it's Radio Clash, which means it's the end of the show. I want to thank you all for being here today. My guest, Matt Staub. Your mic is not on, sir. Your mic is not on, sir. 
Uh, coming up, uh, I, first thing I need to tell you about is Christmas at the Cathedral. That's December 14th, 15th, 16th, and 17th, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Christmas at the Cathedral is at, uh, at the big church up on top of the hill there, all four nights at 7.30 p.m., plus 1 p.m. performance on Saturday and 2 p.m. on Sunday. Proceeds will benefit the Bishop Dudley House and the Cathedral of St. Joseph ongoing care and maintenance endowments. ccfesd.org for more information. Uh, there's a long URL there, but just Google Christmas at the Cathedral. You'll find it, right? You people know what you're doing. Great, uh, big, big event in the holiday season. Beautiful room, beautiful show. I think you'll enjoy it. Oh, what do we got coming up on the show tomorrow? Tomorrow, tomorrow. Let's think about tomorrow. I'm so worn out by today. Uh, Tiffany Campbell is going to be here tomorrow. She's the former lobbyist and peer who was at the center of the nomination of former state legislator Gene Abdallah, Board of Pardons and Paroles, that whole controversy. We'll hear what she has to say. We'll also meet one of the winners of the Human Rights Day essay contest for 7th and 8th graders. That's huge. And the smart cyclists is with us for weird friends. It's going to be fun. Join us all tomorrow from 3 to 5 on the Patrick Lally Show. Information 1000 KSOO.